Oh, my my anatomy class. Um, I basically just made a giant suit, and my partner like drew out all of the. We did. We split it in half and did like the bones and stuff, and then the organs on the other side or the muscles, whatever. I don't know why. Are we recording a podcast episode today? We're recording a podcast. <laughs> Do you guys want to see the cutest oxalis blooms you've ever seen? I've seen oxalis blooms. Oh, but those okay. They're called a yeah. can, it's called a versicolor. Oxalis versicolor. Oh, and they it's are a candy the cutest. Cane. Cutest oh. oxalis uh-huh. blooms. Well, you guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Rough Around the Hedges Podcast. We are distracted already. I'm Kaylin. I'm Adam. I'm not distracted. And I'm Christine. We're all distracted. Shut up, Adam. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about pests. Specifically, spider mites and thrips. I guess so. We're going to talk about, like, scale and mealybugs, oh. fungus gnats and children. Let's just see what happens. Maybe we only talk spider mites the whole time. Fungus well, we're going to start off with thrips and spider mites, eh? Yeah. I feel like we could include loud machines that fly as pests, but they're just not plant pests. See, you know? loud machines that fly, like I was like... Airplanes? <laughs> I, I was actually Drones? specifically thinking of airplanes. Do you have any airplanes in your plants, Adam? No, but I have airplanes that occasionally fly overhead, and I get really upset with them for being so loud and flying so low. Well, it's heard... a really good thing you don't live closer to the airport. It is. Have you ever heard a drone fly overhead? Yes. It sounds like a swarm of, like, bugs. Yes, but it's, yeah. not like, it's not, like, earth-rattlingly deafening, no, typically. No, yeah, so we could in- do a whole episode on things that are annoying, trips and airplanes, if we wanted to. Can we invent a drone drone that will fly around and spray pests? I, I was, was going to say like water laser zap them. <gasps> that reminds like laser me. hair removal, but for plant pests. No, because they do that with um. Ah, I just saw like a, I think it was an Instagram reel or something, but it's a like this big tractor looking machine that uses lasers to weed. So like. It's it has a sensor that can detect the type of crop that you want growing in mm-hmm. your in your field and it just like laser zaps all the other plants. Right. You guys are not sorry. I'm I'm just I I grew up on a farm and fields are very big and I just don't think a drone running around doing all those things on that scale is sustainable. I'm not trying to say that it's sustainable. I'm just when you said laser zap yeah, we, no we were talking about yeah because christine brought up the idea of like a miniature drone that flies around your plants or crawls or that would freak swims. me out that would freak me out a crawling drone yeah, that laser like, zaps the, like boston dynamics like dogs those freak me out oh yeah but no it would be much smaller like small enough to crawl inside your nose or like into your ear so you wouldn't great. really have to worry great what you are we know, talking you about know it is small enough to crawl inside your nose and your ears your wig fungus nets? Thrips. Oh. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh. We're going to start, start on thrips, huh? Okay. First thing I want to tell you about thrips. Thrips is singular and plural. It's like sheep. I love me. Sheep. <laughs> you don't call it a sheep. You call it sheep. Unless Even if there's cool. only one, it's a sheep. It's like, Same with thrips. It's like if you have one thrips, you have one thrips. You do not have one thrip. I like this. Could we talk about fish and fishes? Because I feel like there are instances where you can say fishes. There is. I know this. I know this. Yes. Like the fishes of the Great Lakes. You guys were getting so off topic after we did so good last episode. We were speaking about multiple fish in a singular species. It is fish. When you're talking about multiple species of fish, it is fishes. Boom. Yep. That's, I remember that. Mic drop. Should we just end the episode now? And remember, thrips is plural and singular. So you have a thrips and you have so many thrips. (laughs) 
Let's hope right now for the sake let's of your use, plant collection that you don't have a single thrips. Let's just say let's use this in a sentence. Christine has many thrips right now. Kaylin is thrips free. Kaylin doesn't even have one thrips. That would be nice. I feel like if I say that, I'm going to just knock on this wood. Right. <laughs> I feel like if I say that, then I'm going to go home and find a fucking thrips. Just one thrips. All right. Are you, are you, All right. Are you, are you very good now? Yeah, Does yeah, everybody know? Figure it out. Okay. It's All right. one of the most fun things about talking about thrips. So the rest of it's a lot less fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thrips. What color what are they? What are they? What are they're thrips? bugs. Well, are they're, they, are they, they're mice? true insects. Are they, true okay. insects with six hexapods. legs. If you can count. I believe so. What um, color are they? Are they black? Are they there white? Are, are they yellow? There are a hundred different species, species of are thrips. Are any of them pink? No. Only about 13 are pink? known varieties oh, are, pre- are like pestiferous in, you know, either crops or greenhouses. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think even less than that are pestiferous in like tropical greenhouses specifically. So it's just like a couple, it's just a handful of varieties, right. but I believe there are different colors yes. out there. And there are also some that in different stages of their life cycle are different colors. colors. I was just going for, how do I know if I have a thrips on my plant? What should I look for? And I was thinking, I feel like they're yellow and black. They're, I've mostly noticed like a yellowish light brown. Are they like yellowish green? I think I've seen black. Where's um, black their poop? That is, yep. I Which are also what, shaped like a thrips. What you will see more often than not, at least in my case, what I see before I see thrips themselves is their poop, mm-hmm. which is just this like weird black residue on the leaves. Mm-hmm. And they'll also leave their molts behind too. Little white carcasses. Uh, the first thing that I will always see is damage. Or, But I was going to get to that next was the leaves. Um, if you have new leaves coming in and... And this is where it can get hard because sometimes philodendrons specifically will put out a new leaf and it just looks gross. But sometimes it puts out a new leaf and there's like this weird, like webbed designed almost damage. How else can I? They're like trenches. They look like modeling, but like it looks like like these spidery looking kind of like pathways, right? It's like the pathways where they chewing through the epidermis of the leaf and sucking out. The juices. Ah, yes, right. and that's what they do. They they use their mouth parts to pierce your plant, and they suck out the juices. Yeah, yummy. Mm. Yep. So yeah. So like, if you're trying to see them, they they are absolutely visible yes. by the naked eye. It helps if you have like a a bright flashlight to kind of shine at an angle against the surface of the leaf, and mm-hmm. it can also help if you're if you suspect that you might have them to like as the new leaf is unfurling kind of like gently peek into it with a flashlight they usually hang out in that newest like apical growth you'll definitely probably just see one just sitting there and you're like gross and then you like gently what i'll do is like i'll either take a toothpick or like really gently if i have a fingernail just poke it and if it starts running then i'm like you're not a speck of dust unfortunately yes you could also blow on them Yep. Give them a little, yeah, little breeze. Just go fly into another plant. Yeah. Well, that's how I check my spider mites. Um, yeah. I feel like a lot of times in plant groups, you will hear people say, if it moves slowly, it's a pest. If it moves quickly, it's an either a good bug or a non-harmful bug. With thrips, though, I've noticed they move pretty quickly. They can move pretty fast. Um, So if you see them just like tooling around on your leaf, don't yeah. think that, oh, it's nothing to worry about. It definitely is something to look at because so... How can you tell that it is a thrip? Their body thrips. How can you tell it is a thrips? Their body shape is really distinct. I say thin. They're all narrow. 
Yeah, they've got that like torpedo butt shape to them. Mm-hmm. And then the skinny body and then the little brain. Yeah. <laughs> little very little brain. Very little brain. Um, so they're pretty distinguishable. They definitely don't look like a spider mite. They don't look like a mealybug. They don't look Yeah. They look a little bit like a lacewing larva to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh the lacewing larva has like more distinct legs that stick out that you can usually see so if you're using beneficials you can tell the difference between them that way but honestly trying to describe it's like kind of fruitless to sit here on a podcast and try to describe thrips you should just google like go on we'll put it as the show art right just just google like what thrips damage looks like on a house plant actually yeah googling what the thrips look like and what the damage looks like, I think, is going to get you enough knowledge to help you identify if that's indeed the pest you have on right. your. Because it's yeah. pretty. Or, what's the word I'm looking for? Distinguished. Distinct. Distinct. Pretty that's unique. The word. Like it's yeah. pretty obvious. Because it's you not have thrips. similar to the other guys. Yeah, yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing for almost all pests, I think, uh, so so many of them are so small. And I, I will say this is a general statement. I think I'm confident saying. Learning how to notice the damage mm-hmm. that different types of pests cause is one of the best ways of catching infestations. Yep. It's yep. like you see, oh, that leaf isn't supposed to look that particular way. Definitely not. Look closely, then you see the pests. Otherwise, you're like, it takes so much energy to like go around with a magnifying glass and a like flashlight and look at every single leaf. I mean, I will do that when I water sometimes. But that's energy intensive. I know. I know. It's more like a, oh, I'm going to look at this plant while it's here, but I'm not looking at every single plant at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So recognizing the damage, it will just save you time. And what is the damage we're looking for? The yellowing model. Anything else? Yeah. So like it's they, they well they have those little silvery spots. Yeah, I was gonna say the the, the little sheen thing that they leave. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's where they've eaten. So it's like a little spot on your leaf, and it's silvery, yep. and it sometimes will look like they very hungry caterpillared their way around. Yes, the tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the tracks are like they're kind of a silvery color, and yeah, and I would say the leaves themselves as they emerge, and this can I've seen thrips on. Let's say we maybe we should talk about what types of plants they target. All of them. They can really target a lot of them, but yeah. but part they don't discriminate. I mean, like you're probably not going to find thrips on really thick succulent plants, like or plants that have a waxy outer coating. I've seen them on hoyas. You've, I've seen them on hoyas, yes, um, but probably not like an sedums, echeveria, crassula. Probably not, but they could be there but think of all the things they have to suck out they wanted to suck out the juices yeah yeah they'd have a lot but it's like a certain thing like the only times i'll see them on hoya is like as the new leaves are expanding they'll be on those leaves or like right after the new leaves have emerged i'll find thrips on Mm -hmm. on those usually not on older growth but if you see thrips on older growth and you're like oh this isn't good it means they've like moved on from like the freshest newest growth and they're like with expanding with thrips the new leaves do they come out deformed yeah okay yes because it's not spider mites won't necessarily come out that way unless it's an alocasia well the thrips will like crawl into the crevices mm-hmm. oh, of the, the unfurling leaf well thrips will actually get in your plant tissue too mm-hmm. inside the plant right tissue. we will talk about i was gonna we were gonna talk about that Gross. but right now just plants that they can target they they do the most damage the fastest on plants Literally. that have really thin yep. 
fine leaves. Okay, let's talk about the thrips inside our plant tissue. It creeps me out. I love talk it. About it. No, I just did. That was all you got. <laughs> yeah, they'll live inside your plant tissue. So, like, an effective way to get rid of them is systemic granules, because then the plant can take that up into its into its foliage vesicles or whatever System. they're called. Yeah, <clears throat> and then kill them from the inside out. Well, I, as far as I know, the thrips don't actually live inside the cuticle, like inside the epidermis. Mm-hmm. They do, however, lay their eggs partially buried in the epidermis. They'll like chew into it and then lay oh, an egg, so lay eggs into it. So when they hatch, they kind of eat their way out to the surface. And that way, that's why if you spray and you kill all the adults, sometimes the eggs will just wait a few days and then hatch. And then you have a whole nother round of, um, you know, pests to t- take care of. So that's why it's important to do multiple treatments if you're spraying. Do we want to move into treatment next? Yes, but I think also disclaimer, because uh, I mean, this is treatment, but also what Adam was just talking about. You need to make sure you get all of them because thrips can reproduce asexually. Every single thrips must die. And every I think, single one. yeah, they like if there's just a single female thrips left over, they can, they will lay their, their, their unfertilized eggs will all hatch as males mm-hmm. so that the female can breed mm-hmm. with the male offspring and create an entire new colony. So of little inbred thrips. That is horrifying. Right. Um, I guess before we talk treatment too, also they, they can't fly, but they can jump up to two feet. Right. Sometimes so, you'll poke them with a toothpick and they'll just go blink. And you're like, oh shit, where'd it go? Are you poking your thrips with toothpicks? Yeah, that's sometimes I'll I'll just like keep a toothpick in the soil or in like I use it as a, I'll use it as a tool to like help leaves unfurl (laughs) sometimes toothpicks or like, um, what are these forceps? What are the, those are your pincers. (laughs) What are those little tweezers? Tweezers. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep tweezers or toothpicks around when I've got plants. And so a lot of times people say like, oh, your plant shouldn't be touching because of pests while thrips can jump. Up jump. to two feet. Right. I have all this window space. I'm going to utilize it. Thank you. Yeah. All my plants are touching. Yeah. <laughs> and the, 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 I think the, the idea of separating the plants is good generally, like airflow, even light exposure. And you don't want them like smooshed together right. if you can avoid it. Thrips, a lot of pests, in fact, enjoy languishing in areas that are like compressed foliage, compressed against other foliage. Mm-hmm. And they or just, against a pole or against yep, a or against itself. Trellis, yeah, like. yeah, they'll kind of go in there in those those really tight spaces, and you won't see them, and they'll start breeding, and things get out of control quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I feel like that's a good general overview of like sort of the damage, what they are, how to recognize them, and how now, do you get them? You get them. Well, they have eggs that hatch in soil if you have new soil. Typically, I don't. I've not it's heard. It's not of like them. a mealy bug thing where like you can bring mealy bugs home from your plant, like your produce from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think and spider mite eggs are in oh, potting soil. Thrips are like hatch. Spider mites just to, just appear. Like they just spawn out of yeah. oxygen yeah i think thrips are the same to be honest <laughs> i i would i wouldn't put it past them showing up for on produce from a grocery store i, I would, know thrips yeah. like the western flower thrips and then there's like a potato thrips i want to say that that they're huge huge problems in sort of the agriculture sector mm-hmm. um and like commercial 
nursery sector. Um, so, so yeah, so they can kind of come in and the, the, they can come in on a single plant, like we mentioned with that female and right. just create a whole colony really fast. And they're quite small. So if you don't know what you're looking for, they can get out of hand before you realize what's happening. Mm -hmm. And maybe not right now in the upper Midwest where it's so cold, but like in the summertime, if you have your windows open or just in and out of your house a lot, stuff can just find its way in that way. Mm -hmm. They like dryness. So if you're having like a dry uh, drought, basically Mm -hmm. they'll kind of take over in your outdoor plants. They'll eat through flower tissue and then they might spread in through the window and um, yeah, that can be that can be not fun, right? All right, treat- about treating them. Yes, treatment. <laughs> okay, the first thing I want to say when you are treating for pretty much any kind of pests, especially thrips, especially spider mites, your number one tool in your arsenal is going to be repetition. I'll let that sink in. Repetition. You don't get to treat once. You don't get to treat twice. You probably need to shoot for three to four times if you're thoroughly. doing it thoroughly. Yes. Um, because what's going to happen is you're not able to kill the eggs and then the eggs hatch and then you have more pests. So if you're going to treat, you need to do it more than once, more than twice, or it, you can count on them coming back. And it needs to be on a schedule too. So we can't do once every month. You'll just Good never point. get rid of yes. them. So I, I don't know what Thrip's life cycle is, but I have diligently Look looked up the life cycle of the spider mite. We will get to that later. Um. But yeah, you're going to know what the life cycle is and how often, you know, the eggs are hatching and, you know, when they go through their larva stage to when they can be a reproducing adult. And then you need to treat somewhere in between when they hatch and when they're able to reproduce. Gross. Um, An adult can live anywhere from 30 to 45 days. And is that daily? It says it lays 150 to 300 eggs. I don't know if that's daily or in its life cycle. Oh, that gave me those shivers. It's in its life cycle. Okay. with the, you know, 45-day lifespan, we could also use that to dictate how long we have our plants quarantined for once we have a thrips infestation that we are think we're done with. 45 but, days. Yeah, eggs are laid inside plant tissue, and they're usually an egg for two to four days. Larvas, one to two days. Second stage larva, two to four days. Pupa, one to two days. Oh, sorry, pu- pre-pupa for one to two days. Pupa for one to three days. Adult. Is there uh, one to three days dependent on temperature? I would assume. If it's warmer, they grow faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure they do eat and damage your leaves the throughout that entire process, throughout that entire cycle. It's not just the adults that are damaging your plants. It's, it's all of the levels of the... I would argue like eggs aren't eating, but yes, yes. Well, once it hatches out of the egg, it is a very hungry caterpillar. Right. <laughs> So okay, I mean, so what's the what's the life? Well, how many? You just said like one to three, and then you just what's what's all that added up? Oh, because um, you you went in life cycles. Say we're going the longest four, six, ten, twelve, fifteen plus forty five, sixty days. Okay, so fifteen days more or less from when it's an egg to a reproducing adult. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're gonna want to treat at least once in between then, because mm-hmm. they won't be able to lay eggs until they're adults. So, but if so, if you can kill them while they're in the larva. Or- yeah. And then you have to, you know, depending on, you know, when various eggs were laid, you need to make sure you catch all of those that end up hatching too. So repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah, I think, and I, and I, this is not what people want to hear. And admitting this to myself is also kind of like, Mm -hmm. I don't love admitting it. But if you have thrips and 
they grab hold, you can you can really you can really like decimate their populations and you can go months without seeing any thrips. Yes. Um you can do what we were just describing and do several treatments o- over the course of several weeks uh and be really thorough and spray every inch of material um you know clear out the surface layer of the substrate uh replace it with fresh substrate cut things back you can really do all of that diligently and then you'll be fine for a few months and you'll see then a thrip a thrips yeah on a new plant uh that you weren't focusing on as you know as the source of your initial infestation it'll it'll they'll come back as a different one and my experience has been after i first saw thrips i've done a lot (laughs) and they've never completely vanished i've always gotten like slack in my treatments preventative treatments and they'll sort of creep back up and i'll whack them back down again right and it's just i'm but i'm at a point where i'm like they're not they're not badly damaging it i know exactly what they look like when they're doing damage Mm -hmm. so as long as i'm carefully looking at my plants every you know week or two I spot them and I take care of them, right? But I don't foresee them ever completely vanishing from my collection. Same, yeah. I think I've just started to come to those terms where I've got them under control enough that when growth is coming in, they're not damaged. Um, when we talk treatments, we can talk the different products and stuff. The organic um, soil or water additive that I'm using right now is definitely helping them. I I don't know if it's one of those things where it's making them weak enough that they can't eat or Mm. when they do eat it's just like they don't want to eat it because it tastes weird to them but they're definitely not getting it's not a massive infestation it's just i see them i spray them next time Mm -hmm. i see a couple more i spray them and it's not like everywhere kind of thing they're just there yeah um and i think that's definitely to do with what i'm using in my water to help i really do need to look more into what that actually does that that rosemary yes sns has a number of active ingredients in it right primarily the rosemaric acid Mm -hmm. but also i think it has like a soap soap some type of soap in it which soap bark or something which for sure has been proven to be an effective uh like topical like foliar if you're applying it as a foliar application just to clarify you said an effective not ineffective correct yeah just it's proven to be a very highly effective there you go. <laughs> uh, treatment for pests. Yes. Uh, so bark. So there's at least one ingredient in there that has like solid proof. I would say that the rosemary extract is supposed to work as an anti-feedant and, yeah. uh, and like a inhib- like a inhibitor of pro. What's the word? Like breeding. Right. And yeah, it's breeding. So it's definitely helps. Exp- and it's on the spider mite side too. Like populations stay very low, mm-hmm. which then makes it easier to treat. Yeah. Because they're not like massively breeding, and it's a gentler product, and it smells nicer, and it's it's like <laughs> it's it makes it, makes it mentally easier yeah. to just do some pest control. Mm-hmm. But yeah, SNS two hundred nine is one to consider. You can use it as a it's a touch expensive, or you can use it as a foliar spray. Mix it with yeah. water, and, and maybe I'll try on. that and start having it from both sides. What about Kaylin? Have you had thrips in your collection? Um, I suspected that I got a ring of fire with thrips from Nikki once, and I so I treated it like it had Sorry thrips. Sorry to name drop. <laughs> you name dropped. I know. I said Nikki. <laughs> Try and figure out what fucking Nikki I'm talking about. It's a very common name. You won't be able to figure it out. 
No, no, Nikki ended up giving me a bunch of plants that did spider mites that she just wanted to treat because she hated bugs. So right. she gave me a ring of fire. That was like $400 back in the day. Um, oh, I suppose she was. She was upfront about that. Oh, completely. It's not like, here's oh, a plant. No, 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 no. Yeah. I took it in because I knew it had bugs and I was going to save it. And she gave it to me to do right. that because I had done that to plants in the past for her. Um, and what happened? Well, she was like, it's got bugs all over it. And before I figured out what bug it had, she like wiped it down. She was like, I hated every minute of it. I was like, why did you do that? You hate bugs. So I got the plant and it was didn't have any crawlies on it. And so I never actually saw a thrips or a spider mite. I don't know what I was actually treating for, but whatever it was is gone. Yeah. Okay. So that's the extent of your kind of personal experience with the pest. Yeah. I mostly get spider mites. Um, and the, the treatment with thrips is fairly similar. Just you don't use systemic granules if you have spider mites and you can if you have thrips. And actually that's... The one pest that I would when I first and fungus gnats, I'll use yeah. systemic granules for, but I'd say mealies is the one that if we're I gonna don't be get like mealies. Yeah, but if we're yeah. gonna like those get ingrained to, to start, I don't yes. condone using systemic granules, I don't granules but if you're going to, it's for the big mealy infestations. Well, and let me tell you something. When I first started seeing thrips, I like I used systemic and it worked really well to get rid of the thrips on that plant. But I realized that they would jump to another plant. Yeah. So one that tasted better. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it was like, oh, I did pull the plant into quarantine and treated it with systemic. But before I did, they jumped onto a neighboring plant and I didn't see them there. Mm -hmm. So it's it just kind of cascaded. And I was like, oh, I'm using this systemic on too many things. Right. I'm just going through it. And it's just it's not the strategy that I like. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you've got something really infested, I would go the route of chop it pruning down and discard that infested material spray what's left and then do spray it a few more times or you can do beneficial bugs uh, i can't really talk about beneficial mm -hmm. bugs. oh beneficial bugs yeah i haven't actually gotten the ones for uh thrips ambelisius swirskii there's californicus is spider mites more specifically okay there's ambelisius cucumeris oh there, those are yep, a couple other predator yeah. mites uh, there are Aureus something something, which I think is another mite mm -hmm. that, or maybe it's an insect, predaceous insect. Uh, there's lacewing larva. Mm -hmm. There are, there are a number of things out there that will go after thrips. So what I've done in the past is like treat everything a few times, like do, do like one big haul and sort of like preventative maintenance my collection with, I use a mixture of SNS 209 and Azimax, mm -hmm. and a little bit of Castile soap in warm water, and I just spray things down as thoroughly as I can, wait about five days to seven days, spray everything Good down again. a second time, and then put everything back, and then in the following weeks, I'll do a release of one of those right. beneficials that I that I mentioned, mm -hmm. and that will keep things growing healthily for, right. for a long period. I don't have the time to do preventative things other than look at my plants and see if I have bugs. <laughs> and I do, you know, I'm able to spot things early enough that it's not, you know, devastating. But I am, I'm not in the boat. Right. Just to commiserate with some of our readers who also may not be in the boat of sure. preventatively doing things. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's very energy intensive and might right. people might argue that it's just not efficient because you're using a lot of product mm -hmm. where there may be no pests at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, wow. Okay. 
say you're like, I have an infestation and I'm only going to do beneficial bugs. It's worthwhile to either join a group or do some research to know which because these, these predatory bugs, some will affect or some will go after different life stages of the pest. So if you can find two or three, so like one that goes after the adults, one that goes after the eggs, one that goes after the larva, like that kind of helps you get all stages to get it out of there quickly. Maybe not quickly, but definitely to make sure you're getting everything. And then some bugs prefer higher humidity, some prefer it dry. So, you know, you have to know what conditions that you are raising your plants in to know that, you know, this might not actually be a good bug to get because it's not going to like my dry conditions. Right. Or it's like, you know, it's not going to survive under this temperature. I don't know. Precisely. I think that what you said, well, both of you, I agree 100% with what what you're bringing up. You, a lot of these uh, like beneficial insects and mites will only really be effective within a certain temperature range, within a certain humidity range, mm-hmm. and with it with a certain photo period. Like they'll only work if they get up over 12 hours oh, of light yeah. per day. And so, you know, sometimes it's worth to try it and they'll still eat some pests, but they won't cr- generate a reproducing population in your collection if they don't have all of those other things dialed in. So the right. beneficials won't start breeding with each other and continue like a sustainable system in your home if those environmental conditions right. are not exactly right. I wanted to like try and make a lacewing population, just have a reoccurring, reoccurring, just generations. Regeneration. You could there do you it go. in like a controlled environment, such in your greenhouse or cabinet. Yeah, but knowing my <laughs> college fruit fly experiment that I had to do, the <laughs> semester long thing, and I couldn't even keep my fruit flies alive as long as they were supposed to. I oh, probably... the fruit fly thing. <laughs> You can like add, you can like buy pollen uh, to supplement their diet. A lot of beneficials will eat oh. pollen if they don't have enough like in like uh, pestiferous insects to eat or mites. Do we want to talk eggs. about? Um, Hold on, we have to talk about where the hell you buy your beneficial bugs. The internet. <laughs> Next, random um. insectaries <laughs> from the, from dark alleyways. Um, Locally. <laughs> In the Twin Cities, we have a chapter of the uh, DMV Beneficials What does it stand for? uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, DMV. You knew Um, what it stood for. It doesn't stand for driver. Driver motor vehicle? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, it does not. We buy our. (laughs) Department of Motor Vehicles. We don't buy our. We don't like going to those DMVs, but we like the online DMV where we get our beneficial insects. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have chapters at various. large metropolitan areas across the states. I forget how many chapters they're at right now, but we have one in the Twin Cities. Uh, if you do a Facebook group search for DMV officials Twin Cities, or it's like DMV TC. Here, I got it. I yeah. it up. Anyway. I'm, in, I'm in the group uh, and I've We have a bug group. Bugs. We no. have a bug group. We do orders every two to three weeks. Shipping ends up being like six to eight dollars. Uh, I actually have to go pick up my bugs tomorrow. I ordered some sachets of Californicus mm-hmm. to deal with my residual spider mite issue. And for peace of mind, um, pick up some more. Woohoo. Sweet. Christine. The group is DMV Beneficials hyphen Twin Cities. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, you can check that group out. I forget who the person on, who's the main person in Catherine? DC. No, no, no. Oh. The person in DC on Instagram oh. to follow. They have a lot of informational stuff on like why you should use um, there are actually special. A- there are um, bugs instead of pesticides. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can just follow DMV Beneficials on Instagram. And then I'm trying to find the other. Start there. And then maybe you can find the person who runs the account. I don't remember what her name is and I'm not finding it. So, yeah, anyway, check it out. There's lots of information there on, you know, good reasons to switch from pesticides to beneficial bugs. And another totally wild thing. Um, science doesn't actually say that pesticides are any more effective than just hosing your bug or hosing your plants with bugs off with water. Yep. Jets of water. So that was referenced to something that I said. And no, I, would, it's true. I mean, it's true. I mean, there are, it's nuanced, but there are a lot of, there is a lot of, I think, evidence out there to suggest that, or at the very least, uh, like pesticide companies will use spraying plants with pure water as a sort of control group when they're testing their new formulas mm -hmm. and like oftentimes the spraying with water will be more effective than the formula but they'll go ahead and release the formula as a <laughs> pesticide anyways and market it as something to kill insects because it does kill the insects it's what just not as effective as spraying like, with water get like you know a jet of water spraying thing and sell that instead <laughs> I just want to I want to come up with a pesticide that I could put on the bottle as effective as water. <laughs> yeah, and then see how much you sell. <laughs> yeah. Um going along with the natural pest control, will carnivorous plants eat thrips? I mean, not in a way that's going to control your population. Okay. I don't You can know. you can absolutely you can have like a pinguicula that is being attacked and damaged by thrips. But that's not no. going to be something you go out and buy to get rid of your thrips. Right, Correct. but if you have them, will it help? Maybe with fungus gnats. I don't yeah. think th carnivorous plants won't decrease a thrips population. Right. They just, they make too many too fast, maybe. I don't Right. No, I mean, that's a really good question. I yeah. think there's probably some pests out there that would be sort of mitigated by certain combination. Like if they mm -hmm. were surrounded by pings or something, maybe <laughs> they would get... I want to be surrounded killed. by pings. <laughs> Do you need to worry about carnivorous plants with beneficial bugs? I mean, and yeah, I'm sure some of them would get Don't, caught in like, the trap. Dump yeah. your ladybugs into the pitchers, right? Um, silly. But, but no, and like we should also say in, in terms of sourcing beneficials, there are a lot of reputable insectaries and distributors out there. Just do the research, look for reviews, try to find some place that has been doing it and knows what they're doing and has good, solid, reliable information about the actual beneficial that yeah. you're using and what it's effective for and what are the environmental conditions that are needed because you oh, want to you know, know all of those if things. you have any local hydroponics stores too they might also be doing group bug orders you could check with them right they might be doing weekly or just gonna, stuff. or nurseries in general they i was might gonna know. say the nice thing about these dmv groups is that they kind of come off a little culty because they're just really excited to share like how good beneficial bugs mm -hmm. can be. I want to be on cult. So they'll, they'll like, they will talk to you about all of the bugs yeah. and what you should use and what do you have. And What's your social security number? And I'm going to need your checking account with your routing number. And they, I mean, like, they are the people that like to sit at their plants with jewelers loops and like see all the stuff. And, and they also have really cool videos of this, <laughs> like a pirate bug ripping the head off a pest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's really, WWE baby. It's really satisfying. I think that's what the Aureus is. It's a minute pirate bug or something Arr. um but what's the pirate's favorite letter r you'd think so but the first love will always be the c <laughs> i hate you <laughs> and on that note are we I'm gonna go talk about I'm spider mines now i don't know yeah i mean we're at 40 minutes we either can wrap oh. up a little bit with thrippies or we can 
yeah, let's just let, we'll have this be a thrips only episode, and then we'll just have to cut off the whole bit at the beginning about thrips and spider mites and mealybugs and children. It's a multi. It's a little series within itself. We'll talk about. It helps to have all the right information, you know. Um, I think we could talk about spider mites at length as oh, well. Easily, yeah. Um, so tune in next week. Did did I may have blinked and I may did we talk products? So say we are going to go the hardcore kill them now on. Contact. Oh yeah, we should name drop some shit. Yeah, we, I mean we sort of we talked about systemic we, granules we, and why we need more. We talked about Azamax, SNS, Bonide. Yeah. Um, systemic is that what you're talking about yeah yeah they also have insecticidal soap good old-fashioned captain jack's, captain jack's mm-hmm. dead bug brew i use can control uh mammoth can control mm-hmm. um and i think that yeah that's all yeah. you hit all the ones i use yeah. so so the azamax and neem max there and like there's Azagard. do we want to use neem there's neem oil which Oils is a little are proven i think proven to be to smother the a insects bit more effective yeah oh yeah okay. so like i don't even bother on neem for any pests because i want something stronger so um, neem's one I, I skip like, neem is different oh, can i yeah, yeah yeah uh neem oil is different than azamax or neem max a, a it's dilution. a different concentrate it's like a different substance yeah it's the same active ingredient as aziteractin its veracity would be different right it's more viscousy viscosity yeah viscosity there yeah so um the yeah so like the neem oil has the added benefit of smothering Uh because it is an oil Mm -hmm. and that's the way horticultural oil works it's just a physical mechanism of control where just hitting it has to come into contact with the pest to kill it Mm -hmm. but the neem max or azamax is an aziteractin like compound Mm -hmm. which it's derived stronger. from the neem. Yeah, it's stronger than the that, that ingredient that exists within the neem oil, which that ingredient basically works as an anti-feedant. Right. And it stops them from wanting to reproduce and wanting to feed. Right. So And then they have some weird like birth defects too, don't they? Uh, like physically they get some weird shit happen. They have a whole picture manual when you buy azamax that will show you what happens to the bug right but azamax is not for the faint of heart azamax is less it's like it's it's less dangerous to people it's not not dangerous Mm -hmm. to humans or or mammals or pets or like aquatic like like fish don't love it but um but it's also it's not the same as using systemic granules like Mm -hmm. if you use those granules and it creates powder that you inhale you're inhaling like imidacloprid which is a really corrosive forever chemical yeah it's like uh god i am definitely gonna die of something cancer related in my lifetime (sighs) don't say that too late i've said it um so so i that's that's aziteractin which is neem oil and azamax etc right and that's a smotherant the oil is a smotherant the compound is an anti-feed right i like good old-fashioned alcohol mixed with water mixed with soap Mm -hmm. because that just dries them up just become exoskeletons immediately yeah yeah you can use like a brush them away usually i spray everything down give it like a minute and then that's when i spray down with water do you like just wash them away like what percentage isopropyl are are we talking i get 90 percent isopropyl Uh and i put it in my spray bottle and some i mean i think i originally read like 30 percent to 70 percent to little cups of drop so i go kind of the other way (laughs) where it is mostly alcohol mostly alcohol just mostly like, 90% isopropyl. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably str- that's that'll really kill things, but you that can also damage yep. plants so faster. I, I do it um I don't do it very often. It's not a weekly thing. It's uh, a, usually like a as I see them thing. 
alcohol, um, soap, and oil can all be phytotoxic on certain plants and in certain combinations with temperature and light. So just yeah, you just gotta be careful of that. Do it in the dark. Don't let your plants go back out to their windows until they're dry. Or that's where I, you know, I said I spray them with this alcohol, let them dry, spray them down with water really mm. good so I know that it's yeah. off, and then put them back. I haven't had a burn since the very first time I ever did that when I didn't wash them off. Those are good strategies. I mean, I've seen people remove thrips with like masking tape or duct tape oh. from the surface of leaves. It can like pry sure, the like eggs how... out of them oh, too. Okay. Um, that's really labor intensive. The go-to is, I mean, use those physical mechanisms of control first, tr- prune them, blast them with water. Tr- that should be your first line of defense and then move on to light chemical mm-hmm. use, natural chemicals. Mm-hmm. Then from there, if like, if you're still unable to get control of things, you could think about heavier chemicals. Yeah. Like the restricted and rem- Make use. sure you're using PPE. If you are using those chemicals in your house, don't let the runoff down your train. Um, you should probably wear a respirator, probably wear gloves, probably wear safety glasses. I say these because I'm not doing them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the law to follow the label on any of those chemicals. So just take the time and just read the boring back of that mother. Yeah. And see how bad it is. If it (laughs) washes into the water supply, how bad you'll feel if it contaminates, you know, natural bodies of water. So really just don't let it run. Don't run. Don't let it run down the drain. Don't dump the excess down your tub. Use it as a last resort. I keep it in, um, I save my milk jugs and I pour my chemical into the jug and then eventually I will take it to the waste place in Dakota County and drop them off. You've got like radioactive tubs in your basement. Yes. They're weirdly separated (laughs) and they're kind of icky and they're all labeled with what's in them, but like, wow, that's hardcore. uh, Responsible. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't even use, I don't even use any of those forever chemicals. Like the, the, I don't even remember what they're called. There's a word. PFAFs. Sure. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, only mix what you need. And if you have concentrates, only mix what you need and mm-hmm. what you can use. Don't mix too much extra. Because they also have a shelf life, right? Correct. Once it's mixed, the effectiveness goes down after like 24 hours or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, wow. I guess I didn't even realize it was that much. Yeah. So back when I was using it, they weren't. Weren't being effective. I mean, yeah, it it could be just like a like a little exponential curve for and it's not the same with all chemicals, right? Like all mixtures, because I don't think alcohol isopropyl is gonna be fine mixed with water for quite a while. You know, if your isopropyl alcohol is exposed to just air, it's gonna oxidize. Yeah, and then turn into water. It it'll um, evaporate. Yeah. Yeah, like alcohol? Or is it hydrogen peroxide? That's hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, sure. It'll lose its bubbles. Yeah, which and then not, it just turns into water. People use hydrogen peroxide for pest control too. I wonder so if I've never I can really just start making that. vodka water and spraying my bugs with that. Have a shot with your plants. Yeah. Uh, I like that. <laughs> well, no. any other things we want to hit on? Any other things for thrips? Thrips. They suck, but literally, yeah. <laughs> suck your plant juices. Yeah. I mean, right. don't panic. As as always, it's like you guys have talked about thrips for an hour now, and I'm just like panicking. I'm like, oh god, I hope I don't get them. I hope I don't get them. I hope I don't get them. <laughs> Fuck. I think on the scale of annoyance, they're definitely one of the most annoying bugs I've dealt with. Not as annoying as spider mites, for sure. They definitely have not eradicated plants like spider mites have for me. Interesting. Well, hopefully now that you know, you know, what to look for, you know, kind of some strategies to deal with them. We told you how to treat them. Yeah. You can do lots of ideas. You you won't like basically collapse into a fetal position (laughs) 
like sobbing if you start like that that terrifying moment when you like look at them and you're like oh, it moved oh, it's thrips and then you go to the next plant and you're like oh, no yeah. this one has it too to the garbage with you yeah like don't panic we've i've been there and i'm i am there my plants are like popping right now yeah. they popping and they coo i'm sorry i did that yeah my tycon just put out a fantastic leaf even though it just had thrips like last week it's doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Good good work. All right. Plan to the week, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I'm going to pick my philodendron glad hands. And I would like to say I'm disappointed in plant community because glad hands, nobody wants them anymore. I can't even give that shit away. Um, but I have a giant eight inch pot with a fucking four foot bush of glad hands. There's like six cuttings in there that are all vines and they're all so cute. It's like the poor man's Florida beauty. I love it. But yeah, no, it's it's great if anyone fucking oh god, if anyone local wants a cutting, hit me up. There's one vine I gotta cut back, so hit me up if you want a free cutting of glad hands, because I don't want all of them. Um, but yeah, that's my plant of the week, everybody. Yay! It looks so nice. I think this is gonna be weird. I'm gonna do a plant that I actually am trying to get rid of, but I do appreciate you how appreciate absolutely it, beautiful yeah. it is right now, which will be my mandula pothos. Oh yes, it is a, an extremely like just full <gasps> and bushy hanging basket, and it's just super. It actually is like super nice. A little further past where my mandula is at right now too. Yeah, it's got some really cool like variegation going on it too. I love a mandula. Yeah. Wow, Adam. I can't decide. Well, if you hadn't two. cut away all your, you know, your begonia brevimosa, we would have a plant. Of the I know. I made it difficult for myself by selling that. Thing. <sighs> um. Okay. I could. I can't remember. Have I used my begonia emerald pustulata? Oh wow. My that's, begonia emerald I, jewel. You might have. That sounds familiar. But Dang you can redo. You can I mean, redo the alternative plants. would be my philodendron Florida beauty, mm. which I switched to soil. I'm growing in soil for the first time ever. Is and it better? It's better. It's already better. How many leaves in are you in soil? I'll show you as soon as we, we're done. No, it's bedtime. Just tell me how many leaves you've No, you seen. have to look. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, I want to, like, philodendrons, when they're not happy and lucky, you put them in soil and immediately they're just like, fuck yeah. Well, this Like, on leaf two or three, you can already tell the difference. Yeah, right. it's just benefiting. It's and, wild. Um, and it's variegation. is very consistent. And, you know. Uh, how mature are your be- leaves? I'll show you after oh the episode. There are people listening who are not going to get shown the, the plant the, the after the episode. Are becoming They'll more mature. The, the variegation is marbly and highly consistent so far. Love it. So, you know, that's just going to be my plan of the week. This awesome. Week. Love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, anything else you guys want to add? We've covered everything. Yeah, we covered cool. everything. Thank you for tuning in to Rough Around the Hedges. I was going to just start the episode off and say, I'm I mean, Kaylin. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm Kaylin. We can introduce ourselves. I'm Christine. And I'm Adam. Wow. (laughs) Good night, everyone. That was my impersonation of all of you. You're welcome. Sayonara. (laughs) Adios. Bye bye.